the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the point of creation throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, the picture, the portrait that we have of Jesus is Jesus as God. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Since I was old enough to remember, I remember my parents driving into me the idea that my name had meaning. I remember, I think first, probably my mom saying, you were named after two men in Scripture. You were named after the Apostle Paul and after Stephen. Now, if you know much about the New Testament, you know that That explains why I'm kind of conflicted and sometimes act schizophrenic because Paul, before he was Paul, was Saul and he was standing there at the stoning of Stephen and it kind of makes me confused sometimes. I want you just to think about how important the names of God must be. And the Bible is full of the importance of the names of God. Early this morning, I was reading in a a new translation. It's called the Passion Translation. I was reading in the Psalms. And listen to what it says in Psalms chapter 8. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from heaven, filling the earth with the fame of your name. The Bible is full of References to the names of God. In in fact, if you have a search engine of Scripture, you can just look through some of that in the Psalms. And it would take us all morning just to give you all the ones in the Psalms. Let me just give you a few, a handful. Psalms 9-10. And those who know your name put their trust in you, O Lord. You have not forsaken those who seek you. Psalms 45-17. I will cause your name to be remembered to all generations. Psalm 75, 1, we give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. Psalm 115, 1, not to us, O Lord, but to your, to your name. As we sing it, be the, or give us, give glory. We could go on and on. In the New Testament, we're taught to pray in his name and to hallow his name. We're taught to fear his name, to find authority in his name, to praise his name, and tell about his name. The names of God are a big deal. So I want us to do something. I I want us just on the count of three 
to just vocalize, to verbalize one of the names of God that is meaningful to you. And I've told you the Bible's full of them, so there's no wrong answer. This is not one of those questions where Jesus is the only right answer. So on the count of three, you just, you just verbalize one of those names of God. One, two, three, Messiah. There's a new little book by Alistair Begg and Sinclair Ferguson. It begins with this quote, Jesus Christ has been given the name above all names. The names assigned to him begin in Genesis and end in Revelation. Taken together, they express the incomparable character of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Reflecting on them better prepares us to respond to the exhortations of Scripture, to focus our gaze upon him and to meditate on how great he is. And that's what we're going to do over these next several weeks. We're going to look at the names of Jesus starting today in this Old Testament passage from the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah, we're looking at the promised names of Jesus. I'm told that right outside the office of a person that most people call the most powerful man in the world, there's a sign. And the sign says, promise is made, promise is kept. But the truth is, remember the old saying, we all stand on the same level ground at the foot of the cross. The truth is, all of us have made promises that we've broken. But the Bible is about the reality that our God is the original promise keeper. We are technically our great, 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 great grandparents are the original promise breakers. Remember how that worked? Adam and Eve were in the garden. God had given them everything. And the world was literally at their fingertips. And he simply said, hey, make me a promise. Don't go to this tree and eat of that fruit. They said, sure, that sounds like a good deal. And they broke the promise. We're promise breakers. But God has always been a promise keeper. And so we watch the story of redemption and revelation throughout Scripture as he keeps his promises to us. As we begin this series, we're looking at a few names of the Jesus in Scripture that speak of the promises of God. And that's important because it's at the heart of the reason that Jesus became one of us, that need to demonstrate his ability as a promise keeper. Why is that so important? Because at the heart of our problem is that we're promise breakers. We come together in places like this or we watch a, a teaching from Scripture like this and, and we make a commitment to God and we say, yes. And then our lives answer with a loud and resounding no. And Jesus entered the world as a promise keeper. God, in a demonstration of his love, promised that Jesus would come. In a, fulfill, in a fulfillment of that promise, Jesus did come, and he's still fulfilling his promises today. We're told there are 365 promises in the Bible, one for every day of the year. We rely on these promises. Why is this so important? I want to teach you a simple principle. I've told you this in different ways from time to time, but here it is. If God did what he said he would do in Jesus, you can count on him to do what he says he will do for you. If Jesus really is who he says he is, 
and God really did what he said he would do in and through Jesus, then the promises that he's given for you in your life, you can count on them. You can hold on to them. They can make a difference in your life. And that was important in the day of Isaiah because he was speaking to a group of people who had really become masters at this promise-breaking tradition we have as human beings. They were promise-breakers at a graduate level. The children of Israel had turned away from God in almost every way. They had linked themselves with idolatrous leaders. And God was promising them that there would be judgment, that this dark world they were living in would face an opportunity to experience light. And so in Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 2, listen to the word of God. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelled in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. And then our key verse, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So you have a promise and then you have the power behind the promise. The zeal or the passion of the Lord. I want you to think about what God promised to do in those first few verses of Isaiah. First of all, he promised to shine light in the darkest places. Let me just ask you a simple question. Do we still need light in the midst of a dark world? We do. He promised to bear the greatest burdens that we have. Let me ask you a question. Do we still need a burden lifter, a burden bearer? He promised to give great joy, to increase our joy. Are we living in a world where there is a tremendous need for joy? I was this week, had the privilege to have a a breakfast with the leader of the chaplains here at Central Command and specifically for our special forces. He has been the chaplain for the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the Pentagon And he was talking with us just about the crises of depression and and suicide in our military. That just across his desk, the special forces from Central Command, that they're seeing two to three soldiers that have taken their life nearly every week. We are in need of one who will increase our joy. And then it said that he would demonstrate power. Did you catch that? He would trample over them. Their 
all that they had would become fuel for his fire. We need him to demonstrate great power. And I I want you to think about what that means in every person, though. Now, don't answer quickly. What's the darkest place on this earth? It's right here. It's the human heart. You know what the Bible says about mine and your heart? It says it's exceedingly wicked. Jesus brings light to the human heart. Let me ask you this. Where do we feel our greatest burdens? Answer this question. You've gone through something difficult. Maybe you got a call from the doctor or uh, someone you're connected with said they don't love you anymore or you lost your job or you got a notification from the bank that you were overdrawn and it was like a blank punch. What is the blank? A gut punch. What is that speaking to? In scripture, that word that we would translate as gut really speaks to your most inner being, your soul. So I would suggest to you that where we bear the greatest burdens is in our soul. When we're really hurting, our souls are forlorn is the English word we would use. And Jesus bears even our soul burdens, our heart, our soul. And then what keeps us from having joy? Now, this is about to get really exciting. So I want you to track with me. What keeps us from having joy? Well, our mind becomes overwhelmed with the things of this world, right? I usually lose my joy because my mind is in chaos. That's why, by the way, the Bible tells us in the New Testament to take every thought captive. And Jesus tells us that he transforms us by the renewing of our what? So he allows us to experience increased joy. So listen, are you tracking with me? Our heart, our soul, our mind. But we still feel weakness, don't we? We're physical creatures. We need help. What's the opposite of weakness? You see what I just did? This promise of Jesus touches us at our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. Where else have we heard those words together? Jesus says, when asked what is the most important command, oh, that's an easy one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Jesus promised to meet us at our deepest needs and told us that when we then love him with those areas of our life, he will give us everything we need. We're going to talk about those words he gives us to meet those needs in just a few moments. After the hallelujah, uh, as a part of the um, Handel's Messiah, you have, of course, the hallelujah chorus. But after the hallelujah chorus, the second most famous song, do you know what it's called? For unto us a child is born. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. 
You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. I want us to dig deeper into that verse. So I want you to look again at Isaiah 9, 6. Let's read this verse together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of of peace. Now, I want to dive into that a little bit and just let's begin with the first word because it's important. That first word is for. What is for there for? It speaks to the why. Jesus is coming for all of these things that the prophet had just talked about. Remember, we need light in the darkness. We need our burdens lifted. We need our minds cleared so that we can have joy. And we need strength for the journey. Jesus is coming for those reasons. And he's coming for who? He's coming for us. Don't miss this. God's promise is for you. I was thinking about that early this morning and it hit me. You may not have God on your mind when you break promises, but he's always got you on his mind when he keeps promises. See, we break promises because we've let God get off of our mind. We're never off of his mind. God loves you and his promises are for you. Now notice the what, or we should say the who of God's promise. A child is born. A son is given. Now, why is this important? It's important for a couple of reasons. One is because it teaches us a lesson. You are never more like God than when you give. Christmas is a time we really should ingest that truth. At the core of our being created in the image of God is our ability to be givers, to be generous, to be sacrificial. And we have the reminder of that even in John 3, 16. You know that verse. For, again, God so loved the world that he he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We are to be givers because he gave. Now, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to give this Christmas season, but I want to challenge you. Make your number one priority in giving, giving to the Lord. So how do I do that? Well, there are many ways. I believe, and we teach here scripturally, that the Bible teaches the first way is through obedience to your giving, sacrificial giving, to the local church. 
And, and so our budget, our ability to turn lights on, to play videos, to, to do the things that we do is because people like you give to what we call our, our regular budget offering, our, our general fund. And we believe that's the starting point for your giving in your life. But even in our church, there are other ways. This is a season where missions is on our mind. We think about the missionaries all around the world that have the opportunity to explain why they celebrate Christmas and what the Christmas story means. So, you know, as God blesses you, as you have abundance this Christmas season, you can give just straight to our unified missions offering. And you'll know that it goes to support missions around the world. We've even given you some creative ways. And we've decided that beginning this year, everything that is benefited, all of the profit that goes uh, to our devotion from our devotionals will go to support pastor training around the world. So I, I just came back from training about 300 church leaders in Nigeria. Earlier in the year, we were in Turkey and we did this with Iranians. We do this a couple or three times a year. And so these cost $15. It's brand new. 52 pastors from around the country contributed. It's a 52-week devotional. We've done this for 10 years. But every bit of the profit from this will go to support that pastor training. So you can give a gift and also know that you're giving to missions. There's other ways. Out in the hallways, you see these little boxes. Do you know that every time this year, every time of the year, uh, uh, we celebrate what God's doing in Haiti uh, through a partnership we have there with New Missions? And by just filling one of these boxes, and we give you the instructions of of what it means to fill this box, you can provide life-changing encouragement to a Haitian child. And, And you know what? Just like, I really believe this, just like I said, you are always on God's mind. I really believe that Haiti is always on the devil's mind. Friends of mine that uh, love the nation of Haiti go back in its history to years ago when the government literally made a deal with the devil. And it seems like if there's something that goes wrong in our world, natural disasters, political chaos, it touches Haiti. That's a practical way you can make a difference. You can touch the world through your giving to Mission Hill Church, but also in other ways. There are other ways. Look for opportunities to give. But there's another reason these words are significant. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is giving. God is letting us know right there that there are two aspects to these names that we're about to hear. You know what the two aspects are? Divine and human. A child will be born in Mary's womb, But that same one is a son who's given by the heavenly father. Jesus is 100% God. He's 100% man. That's why these promises are so significant. They have the stamp of God. Every one of these things ring true to you because they represent the stamp of God in your life. They speak to the who behind the why. So I want to just to say those names together again, and then we're going to spend a few minutes explaining them. First, let's say the first one. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now let's break these down. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Now these speak, as I said, to both divinity and humanity. What is the divinity? That word wonderful literally means supernatural or miraculous. It reminds us that Jesus is otherworldly. It also reminds us that we look at him in wonder. 
We probably should pause there. Because that's the way it's supposed to be. But have you lost the wonder of Jesus in your life? There's a song that we used to sing that says, I've wandered far away from home. See, what happens is we wander and we lose the wonder. Some of you have heard it described this way. We're backsliding, not moonwalking, but backsliding. And and we're not progressing in our faith. We're, We're moving away from God and his desire in our life. Bible teaches that we should wonder at the name of Jesus because he's wonderful in all that he does. He was wonderful in his birth. He was wonderful in his life. He was wonderful in his death. And he is wonderful as the resurrected Christ. We will see him in a wonderful way as he comes again. And we will stand in his awe and wonder for all eternity as his children. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.